Who's the last bone that we're going to have to round out our sort of archetype here? I just searched famous bones. (laughs) Number one, femur. Okay, I think I may have Googled incorrectly here. Welcome to Video Game Podsimism, the Optimist's video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. We're back. We, we, we are back. Chase is well. He is standing up while doing this podcast right now. He is actively flexing, flexing against gravity, showing it who is boss. It can't keep him down. Flexing. Some could say he's defying gravity. He is actually floating above, above the desk right now, just like in Wicked. <laughs> Yeah. It's beautiful. With the power with the power of gaming. <laughs> the power of gaming. It's a it's the rare good possession where you're flying through the air, possessed by a different being, but it's actually a very positive mm-hmm. and enlightening thing. It's a cool ghost, yeah. It's a cool ghost. Who would be the cool ghost of gaming? Does it have to be a, a character that is not dead or does it need to be a ghost character? It could be anyone. Oh boy. Cause I would imagine that any video game character that is in our corporeal world would be looking like a ghosty you're imagining like a character who is not a ghost but is cool could also be a character who's a ghost why is it whenever this happens whenever you're like who's a video game character that i can think of literally (laughs) no it's like sonic and mario are the only fucking people who i can conjure i mean sonic would be a little terrifying because you would then just turn into a ball and start spinning really fucking fast yeah i don't know that sonic knows how my body like the limits of my body, mm-hmm. you know. It's like in a was it Metroid Prime when you re, you're, you can like scan yeah. the different things, and then one of them's like, "Well, we tried doing the morph ball thing, but that ended in disaster, so we just gave up. <laughs> like we cannot do morph ball." <laughs> the space pirates yeah. when they're trying yeah. to uh, reverse engineer Samus's arsenal, but yeah. What about the king of all cosmos? I think maybe sort of a similar situation with Sonic and my body mm. that he might not know the limits mm. that I can't go to space. He would just explode right you like right there. Or just say, yeah, take me to space. Hey, we're going to go to the moon real quick. Mm. No, dude, Mm -hmm. that's not for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be someone who's like very down to earth and understands the the physical limitations of a human non-digital body. Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. I was going to say, it sounds like you're starting to go towards whoever is the main character in Mega Man Battle Network. Because don't they go between physical and digital worlds well the 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 thing is that lan controls Mega Man, who is a net navi which goes and explores the physical internet space for him Mm. i want to hang out with lan and Mega Man so bad but that is probably unsurprising information for anybody who has listened to more than one episode of this podcast did you say your name at any point did i say my name i think so i'm chase i'm david it's gaming Here, we do the gaming stuff. Did you play video games this week, David? I did. I did. I'd love to I'd love to hear about him if you could. Yes. I beat uh Metroid Prime. Oh wow. Congratulations. Put it to bed. Yeah. It was a very fun ride. Yeah. I didn't love the ending component of just looking around and trying to find those artifacts, but yeah. I can forgive that for an older game. That was just kind of like the mechanic one of the mechanics back then. But still still very still very fun. I enjoyed the final battles. They were they were challenging and entertaining and really kind of were a uh, a test to see if you could really use every bit of power at your disposal. You really had to use like everything you had gotten in mm-hmm. this game, each visor, each beam. 
missiles, all of it, morph ball. You had to use it all to effectively beat these last two bosses, which yeah. I thought was was fun because oftentimes games where you have that many power ups, it just becomes a okay, we're going to use this one on this level and this one on that level and yeah. this one here. Whereas in Metroid Prime, they really do seem to really consciously try to keep going back to other things you have already gotten just to be mm-hmm. just to kind of remind you like oh you have you are fully loaded you are a fully lotus samus aran bounty hunter and you are a badass and when you're just pressing so many different buttons on your game pad to uh figure out what to do and how to see this boss or hurt this boss it does really you know hammer home the point like okay i have i am this i am this person who has all these different tech abilities at my disposal and i just got to figure it out because i have it all so yeah it's it was it was a very fun game i'm really glad i played it this is game i had never really played Mm mm-hmm because I didn't have a GameCube. And I think I tried to play it on the Wii, but I just it just did not click for me. Uh, I think I borrowed yeah. it from you, if I, if I remember correctly. I don't even remember owning it for the Wii, so... <laughs> Maybe you owned it for the GameCube, and then I played it on my Wii. Maybe. That sounds about right. Jacked in that GameCube controller to that top port over there. So cool that they made that work. I know. That they're just like, hey, GameCube is also has four ports, not just like one or two. Yeah, I also like how they still rock the GameCube controller to this day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're still like we know, we it's know, like we there's all, all those those sickos out there <laughs> who still want to press that big A button. Uh huh. I mean, you get the big A button, but you also get the nubbin, so it's a trade off. There, it, you, it, it mm-hmm. can never be perfect, but it's it. There is something uh, majestic about the GameCube controller, mysterious. <laughs> yeah, it has a mystique to it, right? There's something. Yeah. There's just something about it, but. You know, I was thinking while playing this game, I was also thinking, wow, this is the first time that they could actually effectively have made Metroid Prime a twin stick shooter because this is the first time Mm -hmm. they've actually had a real typical controller for their console (laughs) available. Other than the Wii U. I mean, but even then it was just the gamepad. Yeah, man. And like, unless you have big big, old hands like me, people didn't really like gaming on the (laughs) gamepad. Didn't Mm -hmm. feel great. So I thought, thought that was an interesting aside. It was a. Uh, it was. It was finally Metroid Prime's time to shine with the technology yeah. that Nintendo now has. Twin stick abilities. <laughs> they were so ahead of their time so, building so Metroid ahead, Prime. So ahead of their time. So yeah, really enjoyed that one. Great game. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to Metroid Prime Four or whenever they decide to re-release two and three. I'm really interested if what what they do with that because it, it would be very Nintendo of them to re-release the first one and then not do the second and third <laughs> one either. Yeah. Because yeah, I know that the like development cycle of four has been kind of like troubled and they've restarted a few times, mm-hmm. which like, you know, is, is good. All things considered, I don't want them to put out a real stinker. Mm-hmm. And if it means like waiting longer, then sure. But yeah, I, I I would be interested to see what Nintendo actually ends up doing, especially if it's like, you know, they got two and then they'll release four. Like, do they finish three or are they just trying to say like, we'll give you a little something between one and four, but there will be two other remasters in between there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to do. I'm excited is all I know. Yeah. It's going to be good regardless. Sure. I have also played the Resident Evil 4 Remaster Chainsaw Demo. Cool. I saw that this released. I haven't played it yet, though. It's just the, it's just the first level of, of Resident yeah, Evil 4. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks real good. Looks real yeah, good. Yeah. Still plays pretty similarly, but there's definitely some new things in there. There's crafting mm-hmm. now. You can craft bullets and stuff oh, and other cool. things, which is a nice little addition, I think. I don't know if yeah. I love crafting in, in games, but it's at least going to give mm-hmm. me a different way of loading up on bullets because I forgot how scarce they are in this one, or maybe I'm just not remembering <laughs> well, but I played through that first level and I just ran out of bullets so fast and was just yeah. running. I was just trying to knife people. It was not worth 
working. I tried to knife the <laughs> the chainsaw man, and I I promptly got murked. Destroyed, uh, real yeah. good. <laughs> but you know, I'm I am I'm excited for this for this game to release. It's gonna be. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So just whetted my appetite for that. I I just played through this one last year in that strange uh, fugue state where I played all the Resident Evil games. <laughs> I remember. And uh, they, they definitely do have you run out of ammo, especially in that first part. Mm-hmm. I think so much of that first level is just tone setting and like both showing the player who hasn't played a Resident Evil game. This is how you play it. You have to be creative and run and collect resources while you are fighting. Yeah. And like these zombies are going to attack you, but it's also a reset for people who haven't played or have played Resident Evil games who are like, oh yeah, I know what zombies are. I know that I have to run, like run away until they start like shambling towards me and then Mm -hmm. I can shoot them and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, But they're not, they're not going to like work together or anything Mm -hmm. to fight me. And this game is like, no, they definitely will. And it's going to be scary and you are ill prepared for, for this fight. So it's, it's really cool the way that they managed to do both of those things. So it's it, it sounds like it is doing well in in giving you not very many resources in the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's frenetic and frantic in that first level. You really got to be yeah. just bussing all around that level. <laughs> so it's it's good. It's fun. I'm, I'm excited to see what other twists and turns this this remake takes because it seems like there's going to be some very different things with it and i'm i'm curious because i just loved this game when i was when i was younger so i, yeah. I want to see them remake it but also it seems like a little bit of a reimagining as well which i'm excited for which sounds like the, what the other the, two kind of were as well yeah i was just about to say that the other two definitely took a lot of liberties with like not reading between the lines but expanding upon stuff that was already there of like this is the we, we know what the base story is mm-hmm and almost treating the base games like this was sort of a metaphor for like what was happening um, rather than like an actual depiction of the events. Whereas it seems like with the remake of two and three, it was very much like we're this is the story of this game in its entirety rather than like kind of a, a shorthand for what might actually be happening because we can't get this many zombies on screen or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or we don't have good enough voice acting or like we can't do more cutscenes or whatever. Yeah, they're they're finally starting to realize everything. Yeah, I'm. I'm also for the for the record also very excited because mm-hmm. uh, I like you uh, was was really into this game when I was a kid, and I think that realigned a little bit when I played it last year. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah, I I didn't think it held up like incredibly, but it was still like a very good game. Yeah, there are mu- there are many more games that have held up much worse than this one. But I, I I'm also interested to see like what have they changed, what have they retained. Mm-hmm. Does it feel good? Because the 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 remix of uh, two and three ended up feeling great. Like like the the shooting in it was really good, and I think ended up feeling closer to what four would eventually do. Like it kind of felt actiony yeah. in the way that four did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see like do they keep that, do, or do they lean into the horror a little bit more? Because especially towards the end of the game, four gets all like almost comically silly with its action. So yeah. We will see. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the the ending of the game goes, but I feel like the beginning of the game was always the scariest part. Yes, definitely. Even in the original, and and, and they definitely really lean into that in this one. Still, they they add mm-hmm. a lot of detail to the Ganados Village yeah. area yeah. Uh, that really make it spookier, but fun, fun spooky. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that that part of the game a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the rest of it, I'll kind of just be along for the ride. But I I, I think that beginning part is like so critical 
for how yeah. the game will be received. That was always my favorite part of the game anyways, was that was mm-hmm. that beginning portion. Like the rest of the game was was fun mechanically, but I think the vibe mm-hmm. and just the scary tone of that first level, uh, that mysterious scary tone of the first level really sold it for me. Yeah, you, ju- you just don't know what's going on. Exactly. And it's like so frightening in that way. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this guy, this first police officer is dead and you see the other one just get burned at the stake and you're like, okay, the shit is breaking bad real fast. Okay, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Kill everyone. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Very old school gaming mentality there, but they are zombies. Yeah, so. for sure. They're already yeah. kind of dead anyway, so... I feel like I saw there was something about, like, them making it a little bit more obvious that they're zombies. Mm. Because, it like, it... I, again, played it last year, and, like, the first encounter, really, it's not very clear that, like, this is a zombie. Yeah. The dude, like, in the house just comes after you, and Leon's like, hey, you need to stop, and then just, like, mercs him mm-hmm. at a certain point. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like in, in the trailers that I've seen, they're making them a little bit, like, more disfigured in a way that like a human wouldn't be able to move on from. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of hope that they do that. I kind of hope that they lean into like, no, these are like monsters now. These aren't like people anymore. Yeah. I feel like it's more leaning into the fact that like how they shamble a little bit more in this one, that they are corpses that are being animated by this parasite that's inside of them. I think that's kind of what their, their angle is going to be in this one. Cause that's what they are, you know, they shoot their head and big old tentacle comes out. Very spooky. Very spooky. So yeah, that's fun. Excited for Resident Evil 4. Drops on, I think, the 24th of March? Yeah, something like that. I think so, yeah. I'm a peep. It's gonna be good. Jump back into Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, cool. Nice. This is a fun game to just kind of pop in and out of. Yeah. Because it it's such, it's, it's so mission-based and exploration-based that if I just, I can just go through a mission and then just stop and it doesn't, I can, and there's so much information in it that I can really get back into what is going on in the story pretty quickly. Right. The yeah. game still looks fucking amazing. Like, Going from mm-hmm. Metroid Prime 4 and like Dark Souls Remastered and all these remasters and then going back into Cyberpunk's like, whoa, okay, yeah, no, this game looks real <laughs> good, actually. Yeah. Which is all the more impressive because Metroid does look really good. Uh, Metroid, yeah, that is not like me putting down Metroid at all. That that game looks great. Doubly mm-hmm. impressive that it runs on the Switch. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. that, what's, what stood out for me, actually, now that you mentioned it, that in Metroid Prime, when you fly away from the world at the very end after beating the mm-hmm. game, the world looks so good i was so impressed with how they how they were able to get that on a switch it was very it was very impressive um but anyways Mm -hmm. cyberpunk still fun i got a motorcycle which is always cool hell yeah love that so yeah now i'm just busting down busting through night city on a on a like chopper bicycle yeah my my dead uh marauder friends bike i think you know the one i'm talking about i think so so yeah it's it's i'm still really impressed with the story more than anything else and this is it's kind of weird it has the same vibe as the witcher where this is not a i'm gonna go in and do some crazy shit sort of game for me it's a i'm gonna go in and like talk to some folks and like maybe do some weird uh blasty stuff in between but it's really about the cinematics of it all the story and the characters and they they nail that they really nail that setting yeah so still enjoying that and it's a good game it's a good game and i've also been playing dark souls remastered still Yes, sure enough. Where are you in it now? I, you were in Anne Orlando the last time we talked. Yes, I have I have beaten Anne Orlando. Oh, good. Smaug and Orsneen are, are donezo. No more. I had to yeah. summon the help of my good friend Solaire to beat them. Oh, hell yeah. I, had, I realized that I could not see summon signs because I had been hollowed the whole time. 
Oh my God. Yeah, sure enough. I've been, I've <laughs> just, this is, this is kind of how I play these games. Like in, in Demon's yeah. Souls, I just got used to playing with half health because I'm like, this is how I'm going to be playing most of the game. So why even bother like thinking I have more health than this? This is just, this is my health bar. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. kind of how I'd been treating being hollowed. But then I didn't realize I needed at least one humanity to uh, summon even just NPC assists for bosses. Yeah. So I did that and then they were, they were pretty easy, but I, I definitely yeah. just, I, I soul grinded in Ann Orlando for quite some time, for quite some time, just upgrading all <laughs> of my equipment and my, my stats. So it, it was, it was one of those moments where it was a montage and I just murdered so many knights and little demon yeah. imp boys got real buff and strong and beat up on love Ornstein. That. Love that for you. That's great. Thank yeah. you. I, I felt good about it. Yeah. Uh, about all the murdering. It was great. <laughs> got the lord vessel so now i can yeah just zip around anywhere which is so so helpful so yeah. nice so nice um and now i decided he he named like five different people i had to go and kill at this point so i'm like okay i'm just gonna mm-hmm. go to the closest one so i went to the catacombs and now i am deep in like the giant's uh, butthole or something like that whatever it's called yeah yeah that's canonically what it is <laughs> I'm past the catacombsy part where there's like that three-faced person who was super easy to kill, who's like in a in a coffin, like a coffin library sort of deal. And then it's it's super dark where I am and I have to use a, a special lantern to see. I, I I this is the part of the game. I know what you're talking about, but this is definitely a part of the game that I think I've only played the one or two times I beat this game. This part is is a little tough. I don't like not yeah. being able to see and then just Yes. taking out my light and then there's just a big skeleton <laughs> that looks like the cart titan from attack on titan about to chomp me it's very spooky it's very very yeah. spooky so <laughs> so that's where i am right now and i'm assuming i'm gonna have to fight some some big old bastard at the end of this dungeon probably it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle i think but i feel like i'm a, i'm i'm finally at a good level pace right i mm-hmm. feel like i'm just either right where i need to be or like a little bit ahead and i'm just not it's not like one hit death like it had been for a while. Definitely yeah. in Orlando, I was just, okay, we got to go up maybe like five levels and just get this, get this right, get this build right. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, coming no, along. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're probably also, the, the I feel like the game has taught you all the lessons that you may need to learn at this point. Mm. And now it's just kind of about like, we're just going to do that again with a lot of these monsters that's what it seemed like at least that's the vibe i got from a king seeker framped when he was telling me where, <laughs> yes, what to go yeah. and do what a weirdo what a lovable little weirdo i know yeah he's like the strangest character because like almost everybody there are like horrifying designs in this game like the gaping dragon and shit like that is so scary <laughs> really yeah and like framped is just like this little goblin man who like comes out of the ground and is like i'll eat you and take you somewhere else if you I'll eat you and take you. but i am also very like profound and sound like i'm patrick stewart when i talk <laughs> but also i'm yeah, such a weird like jowly green-headed snake thing it's the weirdest it's the weirdest character it's just such an it's just such a Dark Souls NPC type character. Yeah, I was just gonna say I love him. Yeah, he's great. He's like your stinky old uncle, and he's just a sweet. He's <laughs> he's like a weirdo, but he's a sweetheart. But my 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 good friend Stunkle. My good friends, my good friend Stunkle. But I'm definitely ready mm-hmm. for him to betray me, which I am also ready for all Dark Souls Soulsborne NPCs to do at some point. So we'll yeah. see. It's bizarre that they're always very like backstabby, especially you patches looking at you buddy oh my god OG. i i i some people are like oh i love patches he's a lovable little scamp yo fuck patches 
I don't like yeah. this guy. Yeah, Patches is on notice. Dude, every single game, I, I'm like, okay, here's the part. Everybody knows he's going to betray me. I usually kill this fucker. Because like... <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh don't kill him because he'll sell you something good i'm like no dude i have my big bone that i've been swinging around for 20 levels i'm good with that and then i usually kill him because he's such a dick he is a dick i don't like him he's he's a bad man he's, he's like the deadpool like the cosplaying guy as deadpool of this world oh, fuck. where he's like he does have ryan reynolds energy not not even ryan reynolds a guy who went to Comic-Con and is like, I associate the most with Deadpool because I too am a scamp who likes to curse. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a cool personality trait. <laughs> I'm the scamp who curses. Yeah, dude. I have, I do my Pixar face, but also you can see my butt. It right, was uncharacteristically unpodtimistic, but uh, <laughs> oh, I think geez. it represents an archetype. A that very, I don't a like. very unpodtimistic character brings the non-podtimist out of chase. <laughs> I just don't like batches. I don't like who, I don't understand how people can like patches. This is the immovable object meets the unstoppable force right now. Or you just hit him with a bone and then he's done. <laughs> what? What bone are you are you hitting? <laughs> it's just the uh, the the platonic ideal of a big bone that you use as a weapon mm -hmm. in Dark Souls, just like a big you know big sword go clang kind of weapon. So did you were you role playing as bone saw at this point? That's usually how I role play in most video games is as bone saw. Bone saw or bone bone. Bone bone. Yeah. Also bone bone. He's in the bone saw universe, cinematic universe. <laughs> This is the bone cinematic universe. And we're all bones <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all bones are connected in the 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 BCU. <laughs> the BCU. Okay, so we have bone saw and bone bone. Yeah. So that's two of our three. Who's in, who's the who's the last bone that we're gonna have to round out our our Captain America, Thor, Iron Man sort of archetype here? I just searched famous bones. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, femur. Okay, I think I may have Googled incorrectly here. Famous bone characters. Yeah. Ghost Rider. That's a bone. Mm, that is a bone. That is a pile of bones. You got Skeletor. That's a bone. Ooh, I kind of like the Skeletor energy. That could be good. Yeah, I do enjoy Skeletor. I think that's a fun one. Um, Sans from Undertale. That's a bone. I like Sans because he's a good guy. If this is like a, a, yeah. a, a good a good bone universe, then it probably mm -hmm. has to be Sans, and then Skeletor could be like Thanos. The GBCU. Yeah, good bone. Good bone cinematic universe, yeah. GBBCU? Good bone boy cinematic universe? <laughs> good bone boy. <laughs> Christ alive. Anyways, that's what I've been playing. Chase, what have you been playing? I have been playing some games, and I did a theme this week. Re you did a theme? You, you decided this is my theme week for my gaming hobby. What what theme <laughs> well, do I choose? Yeah, a normal thing that normal gamers do. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm actually very excited to hear what theme you chose. So later for good games, we're going to be talking about Pokemon Gale of Darkness. Spoilers, but you, you saw the episode title. You know what this is. So I decided, nay, not one Pokemon game, all Pokemon games this week. Oh. I've been playing a bunch of Pokemon games. Wow. Specifically... A bunch of Pokemon ROM hacks. Oh, okay. The federal government chase found these laying on the street. I have legal copies of these games mm. and that's it. That's all. That's all. That's all I got to say. You can't come. You can't come for me. <laughs> you can't arrest me if you, if you say you're not a cop. You can't arrest me if you're not a bone. <laughs> Okay, so I've got three for you, three ROM hacks, and I, this may, might bear saying, I don't know if everybody's like super familiar, familiar with what this is, but a ROM hack is essentially like you will take a base game and somebody will hack it and mod it to the point where they kind of create a new thing. 
it's not necessarily that like you can just go in and edit the base game and like that's also a ROM hack. But um, I think more often than not, when people are talking about ROM hacks, they're talking about like almost separate games at a certain point. Like you take the uh, a lot of people take like Fire Red or Emerald as like the base of their game and then build something else off of that as as if it's like an engine mm-hmm. or something. All that explanation to say the first one I played is not technically a ROM hack. It was made an RPG maker, so it's a little bit different. It is this game called Pokemon Reborn. Ooh, Christian Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, this is the one with God in it. Uh, this is the one with Christian Jesus in it. <laughs> he went down to the River Pikachu. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. So this one is built in RPG Maker, which is like just a, a tool to to build games. And this one was reported, I think, to be not the biggest, but it was like it, it the marketing or at least the website of it and people in discussions about it were saying like this is a big big game. I think it says like you know we have every Pokemon in this one. And I also know that that's like a thing that people who are frustrated with current iterations of Pokemon will point to and say like, hey, there, well, I, I want them all to be in this. I want there to be a national Dex. And so I think a lot of the, at least the, the stuff that I'm seeing, a lot of the ROM hacks have parts of the complaints about modern Pokemon in them, like a response to those. And so I think that this game definitely has that part of it. So this is the one I played probably the least of. It was still, you know, a handful of hours or whatever. But I think the the most interesting and kind of the thing that didn't click enough with me was the tone of it. Mm-hmm. It is like, I don't know if dark or edgy are the right descriptors, but one of them is. <laughs> it's one of, one of those two, huh? One of them. And I'm not exactly sure which. It kind of depends on your perspective. Was this released like, when Prince of Persia Warrior Within came out? <laughs> no, I think it was pretty pretty recently. Oh man. It is not edgy in the way that like just everything was edgy mm-hmm. in 2008 or whatever. It it was released over the course of a long time. Between 2012 and 2022 is when they released the 19 successive episodes over the course of a decade. Wow. So like it, it's a big game, right? Like there's a lot of stuff in here. And so like I I understand if maybe like the game isn't this way in the end, but like the way that it starts is you're on a train going to like a, a kind of rundown city you're talking with somebody who's essentially like you know your guide to the first part of the game and they're like right right at the end of the conversation they're like oh shit and then they push you out of a window with themselves of the train as the train like crashes presumably killing everybody in there and the the game initially is like wow that was pretty weird huh anyway you should go get your starter pokemon now and like it, it there's a world where maybe it's like a comedic dark tone like that but mm-hmm. It, the the way that it felt to me was much more like no this is like an edgy place where people die you well, know and it 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 was bizarre I I think that part of it kind of rubbed me a weird way and I understand the temptation in rom hacks to almost run the other direction with a lot of like things that the base game is doing right like I I understand why when you're looking at a rom hacker like what do we want to build in this game and your basis is another game that is well known Mm -hmm. has criticisms has things that are good about it that you would be like what is the base game doing or not doing that we can do and like obviously I I think something that Pokemon doesn't do is it doesn't really delve that deep into the dark parts of narrative or story it's like a kid's game, yeah. right? Like they, they never want to do that on purpose. And, uh, you know, there's, there's nods to it every now and then with like the ghost Pokemon mm-hmm. and like cities you go to that seem kind of like haunted, but it's never more than really like a nod, you know, yeah. like you kind of have to be an adult to understand the context of why that might be frightening outside of like, Ooh, spooky ghost. Mm-hmm. But this game is very much like, yeah, people die here and like Pokemon can die here. Oh, 
And so like it, I don't know. I, I think the tone didn't quite land for me in that way. It feels very un Pokemon. Yes. Yeah. And I, I understand how maybe for some people that that is a selling point that like, this is so different from the base game that it is interesting to explore that. But I think in, in a weird sort of way by running in the complete opposite direction, it's still kind of adhering to the base formula. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is kind of defining itself by what it is not doing rather than like what are we trying to say with this story we're just sort of being like we're pokemon isn't edgy so we're gonna be edgy Mm. and and like that that may be selling them short a little bit but that's just sort of like the vibe that i got sure playing the first like couple hours you're trying they're just trying to be what the other pokemon games are not yeah they're they're still defining themselves by what pokemon is or isn't Mm -hmm. and so it it was it was kind of strange also the the city that you roll up to is just like so dark and dank and like scary and nasty Mm -hmm. so it's like that that not that on its own wouldn't be like enough to sort of bounce me off of it but um still it was just like wow this place is a bummer i played uh i think it was probably a year and a half ago now and I brought this to the show. We talked about a, a Fire Emblem ROM hack. I think that was called Vision Quest. Yeah, if I'm not I mistaken. This one. And that game also took some of the Fire Emblem stuff and was like, people curse here and like people can die. And it's like a little bit more grounded. But I think in the world of Fire Emblem, that isn't totally out of line. You know, like in, in Fire Emblem, people die regularly. Mm-hmm. And like violence is a real thing that people have to grapple with. Maybe not in the way that like you would in the real world, but like. There is an acknowledgement that the violence that you're doing has an effect on the people around you. And like, oh, if you conquer this place, like somebody might lose their life. And so uh, in in the ROM hack, them dealing with that stuff and just adding like, you know, cussing to it, uh, it doesn't feel that out of place. It's like, yeah, I understand. Like this was made by somebody not working at Nintendo, Mm -hmm. but it it still adheres to a certain kind of writing that that fire emblem does and this isn't to say i need every rom hack or every hack of the game to be exactly the same as a the base game that it's like based off of mm-hmm. but I, like i said i i think this one is still kind of adhering to the base pokemon formula even though it is totally different in a lot of ways yeah it's it's it was just sort of bizarre uh, that said like a lot of the quality of life stuff was really nice like mm-hmm. and i think that's that is true for a lot of the rom hacks that sure. a lot of the really good ones will make the game a lot more playable and a lot easier to play through things move quicker mm-hmm. uh, you are able to get in and out of battle very quickly you oftentimes are able to just throw pokeballs constantly at something you don't have to like dig through a menu to pull one out and, and throw it at somebody. Just a lot of like UX changes like that that I think are like really, really good and is something that Pokemon is genuinely lacking a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like they're the 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 ability to play Pokemon at a pace that you want to play it at sure. is oftentimes lacking a lot. They usually they want you to slow way down. Yeah. Which isn't always a bad thing, but it can feel kind of tough when you're like grinding or you're trying to find a specific Pokemon. You just keep hitting Badoof over and over again. <gasps> Badoof. Rattatat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the, you know, the normal Pokemon lineup. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is it was interesting. I, I feel like I don't want to come off like I think this game is bad. I, I think there is a audience for it. And I also know that like there's a lot of this game and I haven't seen most of it. Sure. And so there's there's totally a possibility that like, oh, that was the that was the rough first couple of chapters and it's different now. But just those first ones, I think the first impression was kind of tough for me to to grapple with because when I was looking for the 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 ROM hacks, I was like, I don't I don't know if this is exactly what I want out of this. However, um the other game I played, or another one of the Pokemon ROM hacks, 
was Pokemon Unbound was a different one that Ooh. I played. It is a Fire Red ROM hack. Mm-hmm. So it you know looks and plays very similar to Fire Red. I, I really want to sing the praises of this one. I think this game does adhere to certain Pokemon stuff, but introduces new ideas in it that feel like they're pulling from something else that is not Pokemon, right? Sure. They're interesting ideas in the story and like what's going on with like the narrative that is like different enough than a Pokemon game and also not just the polar opposite of what's in a Pokemon game that that feels novel, which I I really appreciated. So the the way that this one plays out is you like start in your house essentially and uh, there's this old legendary Pokemon that like comes and pulls you into a rift Mm. and you get dropped into like an uh, an enemy base essentially right like just this this group of people who are up to no good they're starting to make trouble in your neighborhood sure and the the rest of the story essentially plays out of like you need to escape from this like base of these evildoer people I and mean, you get you know some starter pokemon that are not just like regular you know charizard and squirtle and all sort of stuff it's like a different set of starters cool. that are cool but don't feel just like here's fire water and grass are they totally di- unique characters pokeos no they're uh existing pokemon i forget exactly who it is it's one of them is whoever evolves into tyranitar oh uh lavatar is the little guy yeah that's it yeah that dude uh that was one of them which is the guy i chose because I, I enjoy Tyranitar. So yeah, they they give you kind of a novel group of Pokemon to play with. You team up with this like other dude who I did name Dabo uh-huh. because it was who who's your rival? Oh, oh, what are you saying, baby? Yeah, I'm just saying we have a, we have a friendly rivalry. <laughs> so anyway, you break out of there, and uh, the the place that you call home is like a snow town, which I really appreciate because like every single Pokemon starts you in the idyllic, grassy, normal town, and I kind of appreciate yep. that they're like. Yeah, you're in the snow town this one, which is typically a part of Pokemon games that you don't get to until like the very end. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to be like, yeah, the ice Pokemon are the ones that you're starting with. That's your like first encounter. Is ice Pokemon. Ice That's a good type, actually. It is. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nice to have that like backup. But uh, essentially the, the way that the game is playing out is that there's this group of people who are trying to resurrect this old legendary pokemon through the use of the three legendary birds the the ones Mm, from red and blue classic and so you're following them around like kind of trying to stop them and all the while they are like successfully capturing a lot of the birds the the last one i think i'm going to try try and stop them from catching moltres at this point but they have caught articuno and zapdos at this point so Mm -hmm. um it seems like i'm not doing quite as well but still it's interesting for that to be kind of the setup of the story because it has stakes like I think so often the Pokemon stories that you're presented with are like, you need to be the very best. And also there's a group of doofuses that are kind of trying to stop you <laughs> and they're not very good at it. Yeah, they are. They are always doofuses. If, like very irregularly. Are they like any sort of like actual threat to the to a literal like 10 year old in the game? Crime doesn't pay, baby. It sure doesn't. But in, in this world, they almost treat you like a nuisance. They're like oh yeah, there's that kid who's trying to stop us. Like, can somebody go try and like fight their Pokemon? And then that happens and it's like taking you enough time that they've already like finished the thing that are, that they're doing. Oh, so they're actually competent. That's the thing. Yeah, they're catching these Pokemon. Like they they found a bunch of Master Balls and they're like just using those on the legendary birds, which is fun. Like I, I think, like I said, I, I think it gives the story stakes in mm-hmm. a way that a lot of the base games don't have that. And I think that's Part, you know intentional read right? a lot of the base pokemon games they're supposed to be kind of this like fun romp and it i don't think they're ever intending to make you feel in any sort of actual danger yeah but it is kind of nice to see that in a way that like i don't know that i've really seen since maybe emerald mm. where like those two teams are kind of fighting each other for i guess ecological reasons <laughs> but still it, it, 
I, I think it is cool to see that in a game or in a Pokemon game, I should say. I also really, really appreciate the way that they treat side quests in this game. Hmm. Typically in normal Pokemon games, you don't really get side quests and you don't really get quests at all. It's just sort of like, yeah, we're just kind of going to point you in the next direction and you have to go do that. Whereas this one is like, okay, so to get to this mountain, I need to uh, go to this town and I need the, to get the ability to use like cut or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I have to challenge the gym and like beat the gym leader. So like the gyms are still in place, but they're more a means to an end than anything else. It's not like that is the point of the game is to you know, challenge the elite four and be the best. It's more like, okay, well to save the world, I need to like get the, the access to that, to uh, these HMs. And so the way to do that is to fight the gym. So it's like, all right, sure. Canonically sort of makes a little bit more sense, but uh, the side quests are really cool because you'll see people in the overworld that are like, they have little like dot uh, ellipses over their heads Mm -hmm. and you can go up and talk to them and they're like, okay, Hey, here's this thing that I need. Uh, and it will track it like it would in any other RPG where it's like, Hey, you just got a quest. Here's what you need to do for that. Again, something that like Pokemon does not do. There are some times that you will run into NPCs in Pokemon where they're like, I would like to trade you a can of strawberry soda pop for Pokemon from the town to routes over or whatever. And like, that's not tracked. And to be honest, to me, that's not really that interesting. Mm -hmm. But this one gives you like honest to goodness side quests. One of the earlier ones and what that was like pretty effective, actually, there was this guy, you walk into his house and he's like, hey, uh, there are these Pokemon that keep stealing my food. Could you help me like stop them essentially? And while you're talking to him, a like ice sand shrew walks into the house and like steals a bunch of shit and then runs off. And it's like, that's the one, like go, go find it. Mm-hmm. And so you can follow it into like a cave system and it, it does a really good job of showing you like, here's where it's going. It'll like cut to kind of not, not a cut scene, but just a scene yeah. of it, like going through a door. And so, you know, like, oh, I need to go through this part. Whereas like, I think the base Pokemon wouldn't do that. It would just yeah. like have you explore until you find, Go find it. it. Yeah. And eventually you come upon it's like area that it's been hiding out or sorry, it's a sand slash. It's like the, the evolved version of it. Ooh. And it takes the food that it stole and like puts it on the ground. And there's like three little sand shrews that come up and eat it or eat the food. And then you roll in the place and it's the little like sand slash is like, Oh fuck this. And so you have to fight it. Um, and it's like a fair bit higher level than you are at that point. Mm-hmm. And so you do kind of have to be like careful what, like how you're fighting it. But once you beat it, the dude shows up and he's like, Oh shit. Like it, it just like needed food. I know that like they used to pay park rangers to come out here and like take care of the Pokemon, but I think they stopped doing that recently. So makes sense that Damn. they would need food. He's like, okay, well that makes way more sense. I'll just like try and make enough food for these Santras. But I think it's, it says like, or the guy had asked the Sandslash, like you need to help me essentially do that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, great. And that all worked out. And he gives you like a TM for beating that quest essentially. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's cool. It's like a novel concept in a Pokemon game that I'm just like it outside of the mainline games. There are games that do this and like the one we talk are going to talk about later They, you know, they have quests and shit like that. But mm-hmm. I just felt like it was such a good idea from just like regular RPGs that they put in this one. So I really appreciated that. I, I think it makes the game feel more lived in and not so adherent to the formula. Sure. Because, you know, the 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 sand slash that's in there, it's just like a strong Pokemon. It's not like it's from a trainer or anything else like that. It's just like mm-hmm. a, a strong one. So you have, you have to yep. go fight it and like have that be the way that you solve this, which just isn't present in a lot of Pokemon games. Usually it's either you're fighting a trainer or you're catching a wild Pokemon and that's really it. So I, I, I really appreciated that. Um, I, I think this game also has really good difficulty settings. Mm-hmm. Like most of the Pokemon ROM hacks part of the description and the draw is like 
dude, this one's going to beat your ass. Like this is a tough <laughs> Pokemon game. Like so, so many of them are like that. And I was like, I don't think that's really what I want. Whereas this one asks you like questions in the beginning that really drive towards like, how do you want to play this? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, Hey, do you know the matchups of every single Pokemon? And, absolutely uh, absolutely was, not. No, I was like, no, I don't. Um, and it's like, great, we're going to give you the quote unquote, like vanilla experience. But if you want to be challenged more, you can add that later in the difficulty. And essentially it just like, it shows you type matchups a lot of the time. So like if you're in the menu with your attacks, it'll like, if you hover over one, it'll either show you like just a regular symbol an up symbol, meaning like it's effective against this Pokemon or a down symbol, meaning mm. it's not again, just like awesome. Thank you. They didn't start doing that in mainline Pokemon games until like very recently. Yeah. And so it's, it, I think a lot of stuff like that just makes it a lot more enjoyable and allows you to see the hard work that they clearly did in the other parts of the game. So yeah, I I think as far as like interesting Pokemon stories and games like Pokemon Unbound for me thus far is really the the king of that. So it was neat. I, I liked playing through that one. And finally, Finally, another Pokemon game, another, another ROM hack, <laughs> another ROM hack. This one is not the king of story Pokemon games, but a very interesting game. Nonetheless, the, the, the next one and the last one that I will talk about is this game called Pokemon Emerald Rogue. This is, as the name suggests, a, a an Emerald ROM hack. Mm-hmm. And this is, this one is much more of a game game. Like it is a lot less interested in the adventure and all the uh, hanging out and vibing in the, in the Pokemon world. Mm-hmm. It is much more a twist on the, the, the like Pokemon mechanics and formula. So the way that this game works out is that you show up in the game and it's like, Hey, welcome to Pokemon Rogue. We're a video game. <laughs> And it (laughs) says you are going to go through a number of like randomly generated routes and you can catch as many Pokemon as you want and you will fight eight bosses over the course of like, you know, X many levels, Mm -hmm. eventually challenging to the Elite Four. Have fun. And then it throws you in there. Sure. And kind of lets you choose your route a little bit. Like it'll present you with a number of options of like, okay, this is a ice themed part of the level or Mm -hmm. this is a fire area and it is challenging or calm or anything like that and you choose and then it'll generate some something that looks like a route on a pokemon game uh when you enter in there you will uh sort of encounter a number of pokemon Mm -hmm. and you can fight them or run or just go straight through you don't have to fight any of them i guess if you don't want to or you can catch them the levels if you do end up beating some of them go incredibly fast like Mm -hmm. you level up like 10 at a time Damn. And it usually will cap you out at a certain level mm-hmm. until you beat the next boss. And so like the first time you're going through it, it is capped at 15 until you beat a boss. And then it's capped at, I think, like 25 or something like that. And so you might be guessing at this point the like what happens when you die or lose. This is the Pokemon rogue part of it. It is a roguelike. So when you die, it just kicks you back to the beginning of the game and says, all right, try again. We're going to give you some extra money for how well you did in this run. And the farther you get and the more quests that you complete, meaning like, you know, just how well you're doing, the town around you kind of expands and like offers like, okay, now we have a TM salesman or we have a potion salesman or you can go buy more Pokeballs that once you go through the run and return, those will like regenerate essentially. So mm-hmm. if you buy five and you have 10 right before you set out, 
you can use 10 and then if you die and come back you'll have 10 again so it's nice permanent upgrades exactly yeah so it kind of adds to this like meta progression that you see in a lot of other roguelikes it's fascinating <laughs> this video game like that sounds really interesting actually it is and like weirdly a lot of the pokemon formula is still there at least mechanically right like go into a place find new pokemon catch the ones you want level up your pokes and uh fight a boss like it, it's there it's just so condensed like that that takes probably 10 minutes right mm-hmm. to do a route and a boss battle but it also takes the a lot of the interesting parts of like nuzlocke challenges and adds that in right so mm. something i haven't mentioned yet is that if say you're in a, a wild battle or something like that and you lose like one of your pokemon faints during the course of that it's like gone so it, it's not you can't like revive it afterwards yeah. or something like that. And so it, it it pulls in a lot of this stuff that people have been doing for years in the Nuzlocks, mm-hmm. where if one of your Pokemon dies, you release it and makes that more explicit. Right. It says like, no, we're going to do that for you, which is it's really cool. It adds a lot of stakes to the fights that you're getting in. And you have to be like incredibly careful in a way that like it, it is fun, I think, to do Nuzlocks. And I think there's a reason why that that formula has stayed the test of time and why people still do that in like a lot of pokemon games but mm-hmm. i really appreciate that they're iterating on that and saying like how do we take that idea and make it into something bu- building a game that is way more explicit about that and not just saying like yeah we're gonna build a nuzlocke challenge where it's all of fire red but it does that for you but instead saying how do we build a game around a nuzlocke challenge like that that is the entirety of it hmm. and i think this is where you end up is with this like roguelike idea i i will say it is hard as fuck right like yeah you need to be able to know like i i need to make my team really adaptable so we don't have just one big hole where a single fire type could come in and blow us all up yeah and in that way it reminds me like you know something like marvel snap where a lot of the best decks are decks that are adaptable outside of like fucking galactus or something get at me But they're, your they're decks hot, that, your, your hot, hot take about Marvel Snap coming out of nowhere. Oh man, dude, I've been getting my ass kicked by Galactus over and over again. And I think I can win every time and I can't. I usually can't. Is there just like a Galactus deck that's strong right now? Yeah, there's like a lot of cards that are helping Galactus. Um, Galactus, have you run into him in the wild yet? No, what is Galactus's ability? <laughs> like, if you play Galactus and it's your only card at that location... He destroys all other locations. Whoa. So it's just that one lane at that point. And people have just kind of figured out like, okay, I'm going to carry Galactus. I'm going to use cards like Electro to get him a turn earlier than I possibly could because he's a five drop. Use him and then use either like Spider-Man so you can't play cards on the last turn or carry Shang-Chi to make sure that if you have anybody beefy, you're going to kill people. And then very consistently, they will drop Null on you, Mm. who has the Null has the power of all cards destroyed in the game. So like if you were running a good other lane, Null took that shit and is now like a 50 drop or whatever. Damn. So Galactus is kicking my ass right now, David. (laughs) Anyway, so the the game definitely encourages you to have a well-rounded team to the point where like you do kind of need to know the the matchups and stuff like that. And I will say for a gotta catch them all brain broken boy like myself, it's tough. I'm not (laughs) that good at Pokemon. I I have never been a Pokemaster. I'm constantly on Bulbapedia being like, okay, what is 
fairy weak against again or like, yeah like the new types what? i have no idea what fairy or dark or any of those are weak to dark's not even not new anymore it's just not original no family like sister sound like such an old head right now <laughs> what is water weak against <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so like I am having to be patient with the game where I, I suspect if somebody knew Pokemon top to bottom, like they would be a lot better at this than I am. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think you do have to play it in a way that's a little bit more competitive where you are trying to keep all of your pokes alive at all time. Whereas like, again, I'm, I have been broken by so many Pokemon games where I'm just like, I'm going to get one big beefer and just level them up to level 90 mm-hmm. and that'll just crush through the Elite Four. Yeah, of course, there's exceptions, but like. That's usually the way that I play these games, which is not very good if you're trying to like be good at the game. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that's not how competitive Pokemon plays, but it is kind of fun to uh, have a little peek into that world here without a lot of stakes, right? Like the runs don't take that long. And and in the way that Hades is satisfying, right? Like every run you get a little bit more. So if you're feeling like, okay, well, I run out of Pokeballs almost immediately. I should go buy more of those. Or I keep getting frozen and I have no recourse for that. I need to buy more of those like ice heels or whatever to unfreeze mm-hmm. my pokes. Just stuff like that where it is taking so much of what makes Pokemon good and just wrapping it in another kind of architecture yeah it's just it's so interesting i like that sounds really fun yeah it is and i I think it's it's fun for both people who are into pokemon and people who are into roguelikes right Mm -hmm. like I i think if you played either of those that this would be a pretty interesting jaunt i'm so surprised that they haven't put this out yet like that that the Pokemon company hasn't just been like, that's a really good idea. We should just do that. Uh, I, I know that they're building a hundred other things and mm-hmm. any Pokemon head would be like, they're just fucking lazy, dude. They won't do it. <laughs> I, I Like, that's just not true. <laughs> the, the, I, I agree that maybe they're not taking enough time between releases. Sure. But mm-hmm. I, I refuse to believe that they're just like, you know, shooting from the hip every time they tape, put a game out. I think they're trying stuff and some of it works and some of it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like, it's like a billion dollar plus IP. I also would Absolutely. be a little risk averse. Yeah. <laughs> to make a lot of big risky decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still printing money. Regardless, I'm not here to defend big corporations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this is a fascinating experiment. And I think that like, I think the Pokemon company would be so wise to look at the innovation that is coming out of these ROM hacks and like try and be like, well, what can we do that is similar? What what can we do that incorporates stuff like Nuzlocke's or how, how does something like, you know, Pokemon Unbound change the formula in the way that we could? And honestly, I think I think you see some of that in Arceus. I think Arceus was a, a an experiment that was trying different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the even the game that we played or are going to talk about here in a second was a little bit of an experiment too. Yeah, we're trying things, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that would go a long way rather than being like really tied to the base formula. And I like that's that's not giving Violet and Scarlet enough. Wait, is it Violet and Scarlet? Or is that the game that just yeah. came out? Those are, the, those are the new ones. Yeah, I don't the know why. Spanish I, I thought I said like Rub, Ruby or something. No, it's not it. Even those games, like they, they, there are risks being taken in that game that are different than the base games, but they still feel very tied to that formula. Whereas like Rogue feels like this is definitely a Pokemon game, mm-hmm. but the, it's just so radically different in, in a couple different ways that are really novel. If, if you've been playing these games for a long time. Anyway, that's a Pokemon Emerald Rogue, which was a fun, a fun play. I, I'm, I'm still playing this one. It's really, really good to just like pop in and do half an hour of a run. Classic it's, Rogue. It's really great. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, David. Yes. This will bring me to my Podtomistic thing of the week. Which is? The little wiggle that a Pokemon ball does. The little when wiggle. When you're trying to catch a Pokemon. Then three wiggles. It's really good. 
It's a really nice way to symbolize that a Pokemon is trying to be caught. And that like, that's that click sound when a Pokemon Ooh. is actually caught is divine. Just incredible. <laughs> Such a ding satisfying again, baby. tactile. Ding yes. me again. <laughs> Very ding boy of me to enjoy the, the little serotonin bump that the, the click is giving <laughs> me. Like, oh man. I mean, it does have a nice timbre to it, that click. Feels great. Feels great on my brain. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, it just the they they really have the whole entire presentation of that down pretty pat <laughs> at this point. Just the whole animation of it with the sound. Ooh, it is it is it's a heater. Even even the sound of the Pokemon like hitting the ground, the like dong 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 mm-hmm. is really good. I don't like it. It doesn't sound like anything that I know, and I'm still just like, that's nice. That feels good. Feels good on the brain. Uh, do you have something fueling your sense of optimism this week, David? I do. It's a uh, souls born npcs <laughs> a bunch of scamps these guys a huh? bunch of scamps lovable weirdos despicable people but all yeah. just sus every single last one of them is <laughs> yeah. absolutely sus but mm-hmm. they're so fun there's 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 no other game that has npcs like souls borns they are they are their own genre of npc truly if there was a big party yeah. of all npcs together like these would be the weirdos in the corner like <laughs> It is as if in Zelda, every single NPC was the guy who sells you a mask. Like, just the weirdest dude. <laughs> the weirdest what? dude. I don't understand. Are you a bad guy? Are you a good guy? I don't know. Only time will tell. Yes, exactly. He There's dances a lot of away mystery. laughing. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. There's... There's not a one of those games where there's like just the chillest dude, mm-hmm. you know, most of them are trying to kill you. Yeah. Most of them are trying to kill you or they are like sad and depressed or yeah. there's just, there's, there's no one who's just trying to live their, their, their damn life the best they can. No. Everything is always broken so bad already by the time that you get in these game worlds that it's yeah. just people trying to pick up the pieces. Even the people who you go to, to like level up usually are a little bit like, are you going to kill me at some point? Am I going to have to fight you as like the last boss? Yeah. Or something. It's also very unclear how they give you power and level you yes. up. Just like, what is that? Yeah. How are you this strong? Yeah. 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 Sketch. Sketch. But good. But, but fun. Uh, do you want to move on to our main thing, David? Yeah, let's do that. I think it, I think the cool ghost might be Dante from oh. Devil May Cry. Fuck. I think he would have know how to have a good time, but like is clearly in touch with like what humans are like and is just like cool. Are you saying Dante because you saw what I was playing and you knew I forgot to talk about Devil May Cry 5, which I've no. been playing? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> I totally forgot. I've been playing Devil May Cry 5. Okay, roll it back. Uh, David, David forgot a game. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my end of day brain made me totally forget that I've been playing and loving Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Nice. This game rips. This game is a ripper. It's really really fun. It's so ridiculous. It is a video game ass video game. It, It knows what it is. It knows that it's just supposed to be goofy fun. The graphics are fucking amazing. Really good. By the good. way, they, it looks <laughs> yeah. so incredibly good. Each character has a very 
a unique and interesting moveset. You can customize yeah. things. The character of Nico Goldstein is fucking amazing. Just some yeah. nut job Southern Belle who like makes these crazy weapons. And not to mention you can have a mega buster yeah. as a devil That's breaker great. arm in this game. Have you played this game, Chase? I, I played it a little bit. I probably played like two hours of it like a couple of years ago. I think it was on Game Pass or something. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, I, I like I enjoyed it. I just for whatever reason stopped playing at some point. Yeah, it's just I'm I'm really excited to play through this one, but it makes it very confusing that I'm playing this Dark Souls and Kingdom Hearts all at the same time. <laughs> oh my God. Which are three yeah. action third person hack and slashes that are very differently controlled. So it's very yes. confusing. <laughs> Just like, what is my dodge button? I have no idea. Yeah. And I've also still been playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. I beat Monstro and now I'm in under the sea, as they say. Yeah. A, a low point for me in that game, to be honest. I'm remembering a lot more of the low points of this game as I'm playing <laughs> through it again as an adult. Monstro was very confusing. Monstro was tough. I was yeah. just going through doors randomly and I just I got there eventually <laughs> and it, it worked out. Yeah. But it didn't feel great. But then Simple and Gleam plays and I see Donald and Goofy and I see the, yeah, like, the crisp clean animations. I'm like, okay, I'm still I'm still in I'm it. I'm here. <laughs> so yeah. it has a weird spell on me, uh, that game. But yeah, yeah, those are two games that I completely and totally forgot about that I played and enjoyed still, especially Devil oh, May yeah. Cry 5. I'm really, I, I've just have been totally not following the Devil May Cry series whatsoever <laughs> this whole time because they had like a, a soft yeah. reboot at first and then they went back to Devil May Cry 5, didn't they? I think they did. Would, it's it's so interesting. Like I think it was like DMC was the fourth yeah. one in the series or something like that. I, was it Was it Devil May Cry 4? DMC or was DMC just its own thing? I think it was at the time just DMC. Mm. It wasn't labeled as four, but I think they just picked it up at five again. They're like, oh, just kidding. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not a huge Devil May Cry head, but it, it is really interesting that they did that and then just like come back and so nail the tone mm-hmm. of this game. It is so confident in the ridiculousness that it's doing and like really reminds me of the very first Devil May Cry that was also very confident in its tone. Like Dante. Yeah, it's like it it was bizarre when they they put out I think it was 2. That game was like kind of universally panned and I think a lot of it was like the tone was weird. It was like not the fun kind of game that the first one was. Whereas like braggadocious, I think is what comes yes. to my mind. Yeah. Like everybody is just so fucking cool and hot and <laughs> Like that's part, that's the game, you know? Mm-hmm. It's great. It it's really really fun. I I'm I love that they they kind of nailed it. With, with the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Real good. Uh, anyway, hey, it's good games. It's the segment <laughs> where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear and remember all the things that we love about them. And we got another user-suggested game. Uh, this one was referred to us by Jackson. Thank you, Jackson, Thank for you. your suggestion of Pokemon Gale of Darkness, specifically Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. It's a Pokemon game, man. There's another one. I mean, they're, you play they're this? everywhere. I'd never played this. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know that it was a sequel to Pokemon Coliseum. I, neither did I until like looking into this. But yeah, it's a sequel to Pokemon Coliseum, which like I did play that one. I did play kind of a lot of Pokemon Coliseum because it had a single player mm-hmm. in the way that this game does as well. But just totally missed this one. I, I don't I don't know why that happened. But yeah, didn't didn't play this one. I mean, it says Pokemon Coliseum nowhere on the title. So I <laughs> yeah, think no. that might have been part of the issue. But even still, I think I would have picked up a Pokemon game. I'm surprised that I didn't, That's to fair. be honest. That's fair. Before we get too far, can I hit you with a few hot stats about this game, David? Please. Hot stats. 
So Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness came out October 3rd of 2005 in North America and a couple of months prior to that in Japan. Mm -hmm. It was made by this company called Genius Sonority. I think that's how you say it. And they, for a while, and and actually still, there's making sort of like side Pokemon content. So Pokemon Coliseum was their first game. And then Pokemon Troze, I think was a DS game that they put out. They put out that most recent Pokemon Cafe mix. I don't know if you played that or not. but. Uh, it, it was like a cafe game. Sure. Um, and they, of course, also put out the hit, Learn with Pokemon Typing Adventure. Mm. Is this is this Mavis Poke teaches typing? I'm wondering if it's more on the Mavis Beacon or more on the Typing of the Dead sort of deal. Mm. Like, can I catch Pokemon if I type Bulbasaur good enough? Anyway, I do have a review of Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness from Bright Hub. The video game Bright, outlet. Bright Hub. Bright Hub. Joe Video did review this, but the review on Moby Games was like two lines long. Oh. And apparently unfuck upable because I did try. Didn't didn't work so good. Hmm. Um, but I've taken the review from Bright Hub and run it through Google Translate a number of times, one language into the other, eventually arriving in the the mangled husk that we see before <laughs> us now. Which I'll need now uh, I'm gonna read for you now, dude. Please. Unfortunately. Pokemon is still in demand for good gamers. The script promises to make a good impression on crappy scripts with enough content. The game is full of frustration and lacks the addictive action that the Pokemon Mother games are based on. Hmm. Just strong enough. It's a decent mod, but it's too old for Wii, Nintendo DS, Pokemon Diamonds, Pearls, and Mommy games. If so, please inquire. Everything is deleted. And they gave that one a two out of five. Two out of five. Wow. Yeah, I didn't like it so much. A lot of the, the pretty negative score for how many times I talked about moms in that review. I know. Yeah. Very, very matriarchal referencing. Big mommy in energy in that one. <laughs> mommy? Sorry. The, the Pokemon mother is a very evocative phrase. That sounds like it a very fright- powerful thing. <laughs> it's scary to me. <laughs> I don't know why. The mother of all pokes. Yeah, it's got a sort of like alien mother mm, sort of vibe yeah, in like that. Alien 3 or whatever. Like there's a big scary dripping monster that is the mother Pokemon. Just constantly birthing new pokes. Yeah, yeah. That's what's really going on in the Pokemon company. <laughs> hey, can you tell me what this game is, David? <laughs> yes, let's, let's, let's leave this subject. <laughs> this is a console-based Pokemon game, which is the sequel yeah. to Pokemon Coliseum, mm-hmm. but much more focused on the like story and the single-player aspect as opposed to Pokemon Coliseum. I feel like the main thrust of it was battling either the computer or your friend and just like these big cinematic 6v6 Poke battles, mm-hmm. which of course had the, the single-player mode too, but I don't, know, I, I don't know too many people who messed around with that personally, at least when I was a kid. Uh, it was mm-hmm. all about just battling your buds. Yeah. But yeah, yeah this game, you star as a a young boy who lives in a, a Pokemon research facility and then the professor gets kidnapped and then instead of catching Pokemon you steal shadow Pokemon which are Pokemon yep. whose hearts have been closed off to like kindness and love and like regular Pokemon things and who are like hurting emotionally <laughs> and you have to go and steal them from these people who have bought mm-hmm. them just because they're strong Pokemon because when you cut off your heart you're strong but also weak at the same time uh, so you go around stealing people's Pokemon that they have bought from this evil organization mm-hmm. to then go and take them and purify them. And of course, you uh, fight against Cipher, which is the the bad the bad organization. <laughs> 
organization in this game to uh, take down their their evil plot to, I guess, essentially rule the world with the shadow Pokemon and uh, specifically yeah. Dark Lugia. Lugia was hot back then. <laughs> yeah, real, real hot. I, I will say among the not very appealing names for a pokemon yeah i don't i don't know if that one translated well yeah lugia is kind of tough conjures some pretty gross imagery sure sure does yeah that's that's it that's most of it Mm -hmm. it's a pokemon game man yeah i guess the biggest difference is that you don't catch wild pokemon you just get more Mm -hmm. pokemon by taking them from people who have (laughs) essentially bought tortured pokemon on the black market yeah it's it's, they invented this i think they call it the snag machine (laughs) yes how you steal someone else's pokemon because like that is a a fundamental part of every other pokemon game is that you can't just like catch somebody else's poke Mm -hmm. it is so bizarre how they like built this thing it's like it's similar to like somebody inventing like gunpowder or like the knife for the first time i know this is like a wmd uh type situation (laughs) for the pokemon world like you can steal my pokemon now my friend you that is like a fundamental change in the power dynamic in this world (laughs) which like i i know it's just pokemon but it's hilarious of them to be like this won't be a problem we'll just have like good guys use it you know exactly (laughs) The only way to stop a bad guy with a snag machine is to have a good guy with a snag machine. (laughs) Oh my god. brutal it's uh it's a pokemon game what did what did you think about this one by the way i i enjoyed it i think it's it's pokemon (laughs) it's the tried and true formula i did appreciate the larger scale of it which i i did enjoy yeah Uh, i like the detail of the levels each each area felt very unique and vibey in its way i did Uh like the step back from like traversing the wild areas and just going to specific spots and like just going straight into the dungeons and not worrying about finding pokemon but having them kind of come to you and have it be part of the game that you have to get these pokemon and catch Mm -hmm. them uh and then you can use them in your party and just kind of go from there yeah and that they the shadow pokemon do work kind of differently than typical pokemon which does does mm-hmm. adds kind of a fun wrinkle to it all you have to like purify them to like remove the evil from their yeah. hearts and then they can start acting more like a typical uh, they do start acting like a normal pokemon after that so it's so weirdly kingdom heartsy dude it really it really is they like who is it grievel who's also known as uh mr v rich which are the funniest <laughs> portmanteaus of very rich know, yeah. and greedy evil <laughs> that i've maybe seen in quite some time <laughs> so I, I i appreciated the names of the of the bad guy <laughs> pretty yeah. good but and, and i also did appreciate that this game was much more difficult than mm-hmm. other pokemon games especially like the more recent ones like the last ones that i've played were sword and shield mm-hmm. definitely felt like this was more of a of a challenge and a skill check compared to those personally. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And it is very interesting playing this game while I was playing the ROM hacks because they are, are kind of, all of them are trying to figure out like, what do we do differently than the base Pokemon game? Mm-hmm. Including the one that is, you know, put out by not specifically the Pokemon company, but like they, they, sanctioned this they said yes this is a a good enough game to put out Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting like the the stuff that they choose to do and the stuff that they don't choose to do similar to rom hacks is is interesting like you were saying the starting you with just an eevee like you don't get a choice it's just your eevee and that's it Mm -hmm. uh and then having bringing up this mechanic of like kind of having to get the pokemon to trust you over time yeah 
and like remove the the darkness in their hearts mm-hmm. is cool yeah and like i think that it's kind of rare that a pokemon game executes on the connection that you get with these pokes outside of like kind of the meta mechanical stuff that happens you know like it is i feel like most of the time that i'm like oh yeah this is my favorite pokemon or like these are these guys have been on my journey for with me forever it's most like i'm doing that myself mm-hmm. the game isn't doing that for me it's just the sheer fact of like we've fought so many people and we've been through so much that it makes it feel significant whereas this game is making it a little bit more explicit mechanically of like you have to gain their trust for them to be effective in battle which is something you see a lot in like the anime yeah. Where it's like, you know, all these Pokemon like don't like their trainer and so they're not as effective. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in, in the game, that's almost never the case. You can kind of just tell them like, yeah, beat the shit out of that that big guy over there. So it's it, it was interesting. I, th- I think that's like one of the better things about this game is just how they have more explicitly made a mechanic out of that, like becoming closer with your team part of the story that a lot of Pokemon games purport to have, but don't often actually do very well. Yeah. Absolutely. It does make that feel more like it cuts the, the Ludo narrative dissonance between the mm-hmm. anime and the show of, hey, this Pokemon yeah. has to like me for it to achieve its its potential. Makes it feel more like a like an active partnership between the two of you as opposed to, oh, this is my this is my attack animal. Go fight. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like it's almost I think in a game where whether they say it explicitly or not, like if, if you have the ability to catch all these Pokemon and they're telling you like catch as many as you can, fill the pokedex i feel like that's like kind of conflict with trying to have a cool team of friends that you get you know like i think that this game is effective because it a lot of the time restricts how many pokemon you can even have in the first place like you you are able to catch like you know some dark pokemon but it's not all the time you can't really do that very often Mm -hmm. um like you can in the base pokemon and so it's like the game is being a little choosier with when it offers you an opportunity to bring a new person onto your team which they're by ends up making it feel more significant whereas like in the base game it's like kind of you know I've, i probably got my favorite mon and then i'm just swapping in and out like who is currently the most effective against the gym that i'm going up against exactly yeah you have your you have your golden little boy and then yeah. the, the side characters or my like business partner who has the the move where it takes the person <laughs> down to one health and we're just out there like burning through the pokedex you mm-hmm. know like this almost feels like a financial contribution they're making we have a partnership absolutely versus like this is my friend evie or or this is my friend teddy ursa who like i got him when he was in a bad spot but now we're best friends Ooh, i brought him out of the dark exactly like it's it's effective. I think that that's a that's a an interesting thing to structure the game around, which was in the Pokemon Coliseum as well, the like shadow Pokemon thing. And so I think it's like they must realize that that is a cool mechanic to have. Yeah, it, I like sometimes it gets a little tedious, but I think for what they were going after, it's like really cool to have that in there. No, absolutely. I think it's a good. Yeah, a good addition. Again, I I think the the Pokemon world is so enticing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, like there is a like there's generally a big problem that needs to be solved, but like just the base world is so enticing to just go hang out in. Mm, sure. And it's like it's kind of rare that they let you do that in any major way, which is surprising. You know, you're usually just passing through an incredible town to pick up more super potions on your way to become a Pokemon master. Whereas I think this game allows you to steep a little bit more in the areas that it shows you around in because it is like more of an RPG, right? Like you have a quest in any given place that you go into Mm -hmm. like, I need this part. So I need to go to the port town 
Yeah. Or uh, I need to go find my like maybe little sister. Yeah. And uh, get her back from this weird like scientist place that she's hanging out in. I know. That place was so weird. Just makes the worst inventions. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That guy. I forget his name, but yeah, there's a character early on who's like the, not henchman, but like assistant. Yes. Uh, to the like main science guy that like ha- hangs out here. And he shows, he literally puts on VHS tapes of him, like showing you cool inventions that he's comes up, comes up mm-hmm. with. And they're just like, the worst shit that you've ever it's like heard like a of. sandal that's guaranteed to give you a blister or a callus on your foot or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like explicitly the worst shoe you can own. Mm-hmm. It is scientifically uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just so good. I did enjoy kind of the wacky humor in it. Yeah. The, the game wasn't always funny, but when it was funny, I was like, damn, that's, that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty good. I think that's true for most Pokemon. Like n- not that they are very funny, but like that the humor doesn't always land. It's like kind of hit or miss a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but I, I was glad to see that they, they were doing something more with it. it feels like yeah. a very GameCube game the the humor in it i don't know why but just like the way things are delivered and like it reminded me a lot of custom robo the the game we'd played a little while back again i think it's just like the look of it looks very similar yeah and the little assistant guy in the the scientist's house definitely gives me tingle energy and when i think of tingle (laughs) for some reason i always think wind waker in particular yeah why don't ask me but that's that's the tingle game to me i feel like that's the most tingle you get like Tingle's a pretty big part of Wind Waker, weirdly <laughs> enough. What else about this game? I, I found the the design of the areas pretty interesting. Like that, uh, specifically the port town, I thought was like kind of fun. It's got like a layer of dust on it that I think a lot of Pokemon usually doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like you go into the shop and it's like kind of industrial and like not shitty, but not great either. I feel like most of the time the Pokemon games are like so pristine and perfect. And I think this this game does it in a way where it doesn't feel like dingy and terrible like Pokemon Reborn did. Sure. It's just like, yeah, this place is kind of dusty and old, you know? But still Which has like cartoony I, I, feel to it. Yes. Yeah. It's great. I think a lot of the, the Pokemon battles in that town felt a lot more natural too, mm-hmm. where like typically in the in the Pokemon games, like you're really only fighting people outside of towns. Sure. Whereas this one was like some dudes like, hey, you want to come into our sailor bar? You're going to have to fight me first or something like that. Exactly right. <laughs> Which is fun. And and again, makes it feel closer to an RPG rather than like, this is just a Pokemon game. Yeah, we fighting in the streets in this game. <laughs> what else? Did it, is there anything else uh, that you liked about this game? It's random and it's something that they carry over from Pokemon Coliseum, but I always love it when they do like a large large really zoomed out rotating shot of the pokemon battle happening and then just suddenly (laughs) zooms in very aggressively on one pokemon to make it feel (laughs) like a sporting event i've always loved that for some reason it's just very (laughs) it just gets me into the action and i I like i like that they do it they really do make it feel like a sport with the camera work yeah the camera work is very they they do it really nicely to make it feel Mm -hmm. like just sporty it's just you're you're zooming on yeah. your favorite player and you're getting a a good look at their face see what they're thinking what is what is teddy ursa thinking right now probably list probably uh reciting some uh lincoln park lyrics in his head yeah man that's true he would be listening to lincoln park it's 2005 like they're still hot at that point did they ever say how they made shadow pokemon how did they how do they shut their hearts off i don't know i don't think i got far enough in the stories to get that part of the exposition i wonder if google can tell me because they're not not heartless 
but their chest, their chained hearts. Are Pokemon that are being used for wrongful acts because they had the doors to their hearts shut artificially, a process created and carried out by Cypher in the Ore region. The doors to their hearts, you say? <laughs> it's like- This is some Ansem energy for sure. I know, dude. If you told me this was in the, the Kingdom Hearts universe- I would believe you. An undisclosed process that removes the Pokemon's emotions, turning it into a soulless fighting machine. Maybe, maybe the next round of <laughs> Kingdom Hearts games isn't gonna yeah. be King isn't gonna be Final Fantasy times Disney. It's gonna be Final Fantasy times Pokemon. Oh man. The implication there is frightening, David. What? It could either be so good or so bad. Don't you want to be able to like catch a chocobo and then pull it out of your Pokeball and ride it around? Yeah. I want to catch Cloud Strife and Sephiroth and make them kiss. <laughs> now kiss. I bet you could. Now kiss. It's like in the new Pokemon games where you can release all of your pokes out on the field and like watch them interact with each other. Just be yeah, Cloud yeah. and Sephiroth just on sight, murking each other immediately. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah that would that would be that would be wild chase was writing the fan fiction in his head <laughs> <laughs> tetsuya namura please please hit me up we, we need to talk i mean it'd be interesting what else about this game anything else you want to say about it i don't think so no i think that i think i covered everything i wanted to, to talk about i think it's a fun iteration mm -hmm. on pokemon I, I i'm with you it's like i this one felt at, at certain points, I kind of had to push to play this one. Yeah. It wasn't quite as easy as like for the frog room, the bells tolls where I just like inhaled that game. Yeah. That game was, was easy listening. That's for sure. Um, this one, I, I feel like I had to push a little bit and I, that feels more like age than anything else to me. Mm. Like a, a lot of the stuff ends up feeling kind of dated, like the speed of it. I, I think the, the way that the quests are structured where you're like, they're like, go find this guy. And it's like, you have to hunt for like where anybody is was kind of challenging. It it just not exactly telling you where you need to be at any given point feels kind of tough. But I, I, I really do appreciate that they're trying, they were clearly trying something different in this world. And I, I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of the reason it wasn't, you know, stringing me along in an incredible way was just like, it, it, there's a lot of old game design tropes in here. Mm -hmm. But like the base ideas I think are totally solid. I really appreciate them stepping outside of, I want to be the very best and catch all the pokes and doing something different. Like I, I think it gets so many points for that. <laughs> I also know that this is an incredibly lengthy game. Mm -hmm. Like I looked up on time to beat, it was like 70 hours or something oh like God. that like a really lengthy game so i can totally see how if this was like your game as a kid this would like just pull you in absolutely you know, like if you had spent 70 hours in this space like mm -hmm. it would feel incredible i'm sure because i'm sure in, in you know the ways that any game that you play for that long the locations start to feel familiar and cool and comforting in a certain way that I, I know would feel good in this place too because it's all so bright and cool it's similar to my relationship with like Mega Man legends and shit i can see how this would be somebody's like this is my shit absolutely yeah it has it has all the makings for something like that you know it's a mm -hmm. it's an easy play well kind of easy play that definitely has some challenging bits to it but yeah it's it's a great ip it's fun it's it's different it has a good vibe to it definitely could mm -hmm. see someone getting lost in this game again i i know that this is asking for the moon to come a little closer but i wish that pokemon would try different stuff and be okay with risky stuff and like i said before i think i think arceus gets closer it's not exactly perfect but it is more playful in what it means to be a pokemon game yeah i've seen in a long time and i, I really hope that they lean into that in in other series i hope that they try other stuff because 
I do see the connective tissue between this and Arceus and Colosseum, even these like ROM hacks that are, you know, very much trying to make the series into something different or experiment mm-hmm. on the on the fringe elements of these games. Yeah. See what it could be. Yeah, for sure. And it could it could be so many things. Like the the game truly does not need to be raise your big boy Charizard fight the eleven the 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 final four. Elite four? What is the name of the, the Elite Four? <laughs> JC's just been Marsh Madness pilled, huh? I know, You're yeah, ready. You sure. got your bracket filled out. I I sure don't, David. <laughs> I don't know. A, I don't know a basketball. All I know is Kings. Oh, that's all you need to know, baby. Uh, thank you, Jackson, for suggesting this one. So this was cool to revisit and definitely an interesting Pokemon themed week for me. Yeah. Chase was all Pokemon all the time. I'm curious to see yeah. what your next game that's not Pokemon is going to be. I don't know. I keep doing this with like the Resident Evil thing and like. You almost inhaled all of Kingdom Hearts so fast. It was, <laughs> I know, it was I had terrifying. I the brakes on it. You unhinged your jaw and just was like, you stopped at Kingdom Hearts 3 and you're like, no, I must wait. I must wait. It was dream drop distance. I think I paused there and I was like, this is more than I can handle. You couldn't, you couldn't deal with Yugs Fieri. Yugs really has been lingering on my mind since we recorded that. Yugs Fieri would definitely have a snag machine and go around stealing people's Pokemon. Oh, yeah. There's a lot There's a lot to think about this week, I feel like. I feel like Pokemon should bring back the snag machine in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> have a PvP Pokemon game and then someone could snag one of your pokes. So it's, it's a Nuzlocke, but like the stakes are so high. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thanks thanks for suggesting jackson appreciate you yeah thank you so if you would like to check any of our social media if you would like to see a backlog of all of our episodes and their beautiful podcast art uh if you Uh would like to leave us a suggestion for a future game to do something that you love from the way way back uh or maybe even just the kind of way back the recent way back. the recent way back you can visit podtimism.com it is your Uh one-stop shop for all your podtimism needs and wants go visit it it's a cool place to hang out uh and you have a direct line to chase and i's emails with uh your suggestions or if you just want to say hey with a winky face that's cool too well we, we will we will cool. love having that in our email it's great if you <laughs> i'm gonna start spamming our own thing with just winky faces to you chase yeah thank you <laughs> anyways <laughs> if you also want to help out the pod you can leave a review we really mm-hmm. appreciate those we read those they're awesome uh we feel really yeah seen and appreciated when anyone leaves one and takes the time to do that you can spread the good word through word of mouth to friends uh, people who you may think will like the pod that's a great way for us to, to help us grow we also really appreciate that um and if people aren't into it that's fine too that's great no worries no hurries Ooh, you like that <laughs> no worries no hurries yeah <laughs> is that a thing do people say that i mean i do oh it's powerful <laughs> got real phyto dido energy huh oh man yeah i loved that that was that was strong for me <laughs> a real reaction you you stopped you were doing something else and then you just stopped and looked at me just like whoa God. i was yeah i was like i was checking all the like reviews and shit on on our various sites and then you hit me with no worries no hurries and my body responded <laughs> You're like, that's some good positive energy right there. I you reacted to the positive that. energy I was saying. Your whole body vibrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, this is the mandatory scout out of the week. Hi, Scout. Thank, Thank you, you, Scout, for the beautiful podcast art. 
You can check her out at co-fi.com slash humblegoat. Uh, there used to be commissions open, but your boy snagged up the last one. Yeah, for uh, something to be revealed later, <laughs> we will we will, yeah. we will unleash it upon the world when it is ready. <laughs> Unless she doesn't want to do it anymore, which is an option available Which is to also her. an option because it's a little silly, but be <laughs> it's fun. so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for the beautiful podcast, Art Scout. We really appreciate it. And that brings me to my question for you, Chase. What is your, your favorite meal at Chevy's on the River? Whoa, whoa, whoa. My, my brain was really expecting gaming wisdom. Uh, <laughs> hey, you did, I, you did Italian food last week, so I'm hitting you with yeah, some Chevy's knowledge. Yeah. Some Chevy's lore. For people who don't know, Chevy's is a Sacramento area Mexican food chain. Kind of Mexican restaurant, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, American Mexican food chain that Chase used to work at. I, I did used to work there. Not to be like that guy who orders this, but like I'm a big fajitas head. Mm. really enjoy those sizzling little guys coming out on a very hot plate. Yeah. There's something just like visceral about it. Mm. And I also kind of like to make my, my fajita taco the way that I want to, you know, this is, this is interesting chase because I don't know if you know this, but I'm a big fajita denier. You're a fajita denier. I'm a big fajita denier. Oh no. <laughs> under, under what grounds, David? How, how can you stand there and deny fajitas? I feel like they come out all bombastic, sizzling, so much noise, so much smell, and then they actually get yeah. to my table, and then it's maybe like three pieces of chicken and a bunch of just sauteed onions, and that's it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always just left a little, a little wanting, and they're always very mm. expensive on the menu, and it's just something that I could yeah. do at home. Probably uh, fairly, fairly decently as well. Yeah, that's 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 my thing. They they're they're a lot of show, but not a lot of substance to me. I I hear that. I I think I do like the pomp and circumstance really adds to it for me. I get it. you 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 eat with your eyes first, as they say. This is true. I I like I like for a moment to be the star of the restaurant <laughs> for just a moment. <laughs> it's like when it's your birthday, but it's just like oh, that's the guy who ordered fajitas. It's his turn of the yes, spotlight. Yeah, it's like my birthday, but I don't have to endure. 20 people staring at me and singing a song. <laughs> the song like that's that has the cadence of a dirge. <laughs> it's so slow and sad. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like I like the pomp and circumstance. Uh, I'm also a big sautéed onions guy. Mm. Uh, really, really like a sautéed onion. Sure. So I kind of will just eat those plain or in the taco. I, I'm with you. It's kind of expensive for not that much meat usually, usually mm -hmm. but uh, it's a sacrifice that I, that I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with, to be honest. You're not just paying for dinner. You're paying for dinner at a show. Yes. Yes, I am. I see you. Do you, do you, do you have a, a favorite uh, Mexican meal on, on Chevy's on the River, David? You know, I don't think I've ever eaten Chevy's on the River. Yeah, the one is on Howe. It's the one I worked at. Now just a, a demolished building. Yes. No longer there. I've been to the Chevy's on Watt. I think I've had the mm. nachos there. They were... Mm. They were tasty. They're good. I, I yes. can't say anything bad about them, but I also can't really say anything good about them either. Yeah, I'm with you. It's straight down the line, semi-chain restaurant food. Their flautas kind of banged. Flautas are always honest. tasty, I think. They're, they're pretty good there. They had like a spicy sauce that they put on it that I was really into. Donkey sauce? It was donkey sauce. Yugs Fieri was in the back <laughs> In the back, up whipping it sauce. up, chopping it up. <laughs> With his snag machine ready to take your pokes. <laughs> Don't come in the back. Yugs is back there. He'll take your Pikachu. <laughs> it's a fucking threat. Take you, take your Pikachu and make it into donkey sauce. <laughs> sounds terrible. It sounds so bad. He's a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds bad too. He's a bad man. Guy Fieri would never, but Yugs Fieri, <laughs> you never know. Can you, 
Can you imagine the poor soul who both didn't listen to the last episode <laughs> and doesn't know the lore of Kingdom Hearts enough to know what Yugs Fieri possibly is? I bet there's somebody. I'm sure there's plenty of people who have played every single Kingdom Hearts game and would not be able to tell you what Yugs Fieri is referencing. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, see you next week, everybody. All right, see ya. Bye.